Welcome to the final word, Women's Ashes Daily here at Taunton for the third and final game of this Women's IODI Ashes series brought to you by Westfield London and Westfield Stratford City. I'm Adam Collins. I'm Jeff Lemon. And in a parallel universe, I'm Melissa Story. And I'm Phil Long. Now, Phil Long slash Jeff Lemon, can you summarise that game to us? In 30 seconds. 30 seconds. going to be tough like all of these games so far. Australia, they win the toss. They put England into bat. England, suddenly 12 for 2. Oh, they're in all sorts of trouble. This is what we thought was going to happen all the way along. Australia going to be dominant. Crazy partnership. Knight, Siver, Siver as always. Siver Brunt at the end. England get to 280. Australia lose wickets early on. Then the rain comes. But there's only been 19.2 overs. So will we finish in time? Fortunately, we get back out after an hour. England take wickets. And in the end, they win this series, both white ball series, but don't win the Ashes. And it's a strange scenario because England have won the T20 series, they've won the ODI series, they've won actually one more game than Australia. But it's a drawn series and Australia will take the urn home. Do you think it's fair? Am I going to be going and creating a classic come dine with me moment by going, what a sad little life, Australia. You have the grace and decorum of, I don't even want to go that far. I think it's fair. I, I'm with you 100% this. I, I want to disagree. We can moan as English, say, wow, look, you know, we're, it's not fair. It's, it was a drawn series. Australia came here. They hold the ashes. If England hold the ashes in the future, they know they only have to draw a series. That's what they uh, came here to do. That, well, we're probably going to talk about this. They don't look that happy about winning the ashes, do they? But it's eight all. England will take a lot from it. But you're right. Australia retain the ashes. Let's take a look at this scorecard because we mentioned in the first innings, Australia winning the toss, choosing to field first here at Taunton. A pitch with a little bit of green on it and maybe a bit of bad weather around. So you understand the decision. All of the talk was around Nat Siver Brunt. How many hundreds has she made in a losing cause to Australia, Phil? Well, that's right. I mean, we, we spoke, haven't we? We've spoken, oh, she's made three in the last four. They'd all been in defeat, you know. It's all well and good being not out, but she had lost all those games. This time, she had a chance to bat first. Batting first, made 129. Again, glorious. You just it got to a stage where do Australia know how to get Nat Siverbrunt out? They did eventually, but another 100, making it four in five, te- five one-day internationals against Australia. That's more than any other player's ever made. She's made them in the last five games. I feel like when a player like that is in so much, you know, touch, you know those eight balls, you kind of got the shake and it gives you a magical answer. You, you need to get them out in the field of saying, should we ball full, out, full outside off stump, shake it? No. Okay, what's our next solution? Because every single place Australia bowled, Nat Brunt just looked like she was in ease. And actually, she started a bit slower. That partnership with Heather Knight, Heather Knight raced along to that half century and fewer balls than Nat Brunt and we were going hang on a second this is very uncharacteristic yeah. of these two that's right we thought hold on this, is, this isn't the story is it uh, Knight yeah she, she was the dominant partner in that partnership but, uh, but for once Silverbrunt knew she had lots of overs to bat and she made the most of that I don't think she gave a chance until she got out absolutely phenomenal batting and she just looks like the player we always it's starting to rain and it might start <laughs> to rain very heavily um, she's, she's looked like the player we always knew she would be she, sometimes you think Nat Siverbrunt is going to be the holder of so many records in women's cricket. 
And we're starting to see that. She was phenomenal again today. And because of that partnership, England in their first innings, you suddenly had a Danny Wyatt come in, in a position where England had wickets in hand, they were comfortably coasting along, and she played an absolute belter. Danny Wyatt doing Danny Wyatt things, wasn't she? That's what England, England want Danny Wyatt to come in where she doesn't really have to think about things, you know. Wanted to come in, see ball, hit ball. She says it herself, doesn't she? I'm glad she does say it herself because anyone who doesn't know she says it herself, we just say, Danny Wyatt's a bit, you know, she's simple, she's simple when she she's keeps, out there in the she middle. Keeps the game keeps as simple. simple as the game can be. And she came in, I think she hit 43, didn't she, before she was bowled by Gardner. And that gave the England in, England in just that little impetus. Because it had stalled slightly, hadn't it? It had stalled slightly. Gave them that impetus to get up towards that 300 mark. And then, of course, you look at the Australian bowlers, how they did. Australia opting to bowl with spin again, opening up with Gardner, who was named the, the, the player of the series for Australia. Only seems fair because of every time she has come into bowl, England, it's almost like their knees have started shaking. It's like this sense of dread or something, you know, the, the monster under the bed or the shadow in the closet. It's been Ash Gardner. She has been England's kryptonite. Yeah, no, maybe before the series, they wouldn't probably have thought that Ash Gardner would have that hold over them. Then, of course, we got to the test match, didn't we? You know, eight wickets in that second inning is just phenomenal. And I think from that point onwards, as you say, England thought, hold on, here's Gardner, we might be in a bit of trouble. Australia realised it in the second and third ODI. They've opened up with a got straight in to the England uh, attack. That's uh, why the England batting. And continue to go with their two-leg spin approach, which, you know, it's, it's strange in some ways that it took Australia so many games to, to figure out that England really are not strong against spin. And, of course, something to keep an eye on ahead of September because England playing Sri Lanka in... Is it, what is it, five T20s or three T20s? Yeah. You, you'll know better than me. Yeah, is it five and three or three and three. So it's, uh, it's white ball in September, which is always... A Freezing. A little, little bit interesting, isn't it? But yeah, two white ball series against Sri Lanka. Um, and as you say, it'll be interesting to see if Sri Lanka see that that's possibly a weak spot in the England batting lineup. So in response, Australia, they come in and they go off to a pretty ropey start with... I think two, they were 12 for 2 or 2 for 12 for our Australian listeners. Yeah, they were 2 for 12. They were almost identical score to England. And this has been, throughout the, the white ball series, certainly in the ODIs, been, this has been Australia's Achilles heel. No runs from Healy, very few from Litchfield. England each time have been able to get into that Australian middle order far sooner than Australia would have wanted. And, you know, it, it's really opened up the game. Say 12 for 2 today and you were thinking... Hold on, maybe this game's going to be short the other way and England are going to get involved because there was a kind of thought around the ground today that would England play with complete freedom and win? Would Australia play with great freedom and win? Or would the opposition be, well, end of series? One that, you know, we've got one, one foot on the flight home, one foot on the, on the bus home. But no, in the end, it turned out again, maybe not one of the classics, but it left, kept us thinking until a long way into the back end of this day. And as the rain begins to fall heavier and heavier and just re you know, reinforcing our commitment to this podcast that we are stood here happily in the rain. In the rain yep. um, it's almost you know, a perfect finish. We've had this brilliant series which has been watched by over 100,000 people. It was only right that this final game came down to another exciting finish with England fighting to get those final few wickets. And of course, the, the breaking moment, Ash Gardner 
her run out. Well, that's right. But before the Ash Gardner run out and before Australia came back, we had this weird twist where we'd got to 19.2 overs. 20 overs need, needs to be bowled to constitute a game. What happens next? What happens next? It pours with rain. It starts raining. England don't try and get through the overs. They don't try and get to 20 overs. We're replicating it live as we speak. I'm Alice Capsey bowling to you now in the rain and you're Heather Knight telling me to get a move on. Get a move on. So England are four balls short. We've looked around. It's rained. I mean, you only have to look around now. (laughs) It was like this all around the ground. England got lucky. They came back an hour later, a couple of wickets, and then Ash Gardner scored, I think it was 26 off 11 balls. Suddenly... There's a chance. There's a mix-up. Ball comes in. Ash Gardner's run out. And I think then that's when England thought they had the game. And it was such a leisurely kind of thing. Eccleston, who was down at long on, just started jogging in ready for the next over. And Kate Cross took the ball so nonchalantly that you wouldn't have even thought Ashley Gardner was close. But her reaction, as soon as Cross took off those bails, down on the floor, face down, she knew potentially that could have been the game. That's right. And I... A quick word for Amy Jones. You know, she she goes under the radar so often, doesn't she? Look at that, it's better. (laughs) She goes under the radar so often with her keeping. And um, I just thought today, the run out, she was fantastic. And the stumping later on at Georgia Wareham was absolutely as beautiful a stumping as you'd ever wish to see. The gloves took the ball millimetres behind the bails. Bails off, fantastic. And as always with Amy Jones, she's just like, oh, well, it's just what I do. It's just, you know, her everyday place. Yeah. Just as I wake up every day, we're here on tour, go down and get many pieces of bacon and convince myself to try and eat a bowl of fruit and never do. <laughs> to Amy Jones, it's just that easy as me grabbing a bacon butty every morning. Yeah, she was good. She was excellent today. And, um, yeah, I, you know, if you're looking at the way the series panned out, fantastic from Jones. Really not always so good. So, yeah, but definitely a tick in the box for Amy Jones's keeping. Now... This overall series as a whole, we heard on the loudspeaker just before the massive fireworks went off and I lost five years of my life because I was not aware that we were shooting almost many cannons of yellow gas, which looked like mustard gas, into the air in Taunton. I hope some of the maybe more elderly locals were aware that this was going to be happening. It looked a bit like mustard gas from the way the Australian team reacted, didn't it? I mean, wow. They they couldn't wait to get off the... uh off the uh, rostrum behind us because wow that was um that was some some fire well not even fireworks sort of i don't know literal explosion um Hundred over a hundred thousand people, well yeah. over a hundred thousand people have come in, sat down and watched these two teams play. Many of those probably watching their first game of women's cricket. It's it's just insane. You know, the the young girl in me looks at this and just I, you know, I always get close to being teary. I remember last summer when the Lionesses won at the Euros. I was crying in my hotel room and I've never watched a game of women's football before. But since then, you turn it on the TV, you go back and you watch yeah. more games. You get familiar with the players. Is this a bit of a, you know, a, a big key moment in, in women's cricket between these two sides or in, in general? Well, I think it is. And, and the year we go back to, you're going to tell me how old you were in this year. Are you 20, ready for it? 2013. I was 13 years old. Oh, my goodness. So 2013. Phil was 12. I was only 12. Yeah, amazing. Um, 2013, England beat Australia. It's the last time they've lost an ODI series. Also, we go back to 2013. Games played at Wormsley, you know, and games kind of going under the radar. Not anymore. This has really felt on so many levels. As if, um, as if women's cricket has taken the next step. I don't know what you think. You know, you're of of an age 
where you've kind of only ever seen it getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Yeah, I, I think I've been privileged in that respect. And as I say, I look around and it feels strange to be talking about the crowds all the time, say, wow, look at the crowds, look at the crowds, because women's sport is performing at a level where it feels almost past a point where to say, oh, look at the crowds, women's sports brings big crowds in. But we knew it could bring in big crowds. It's just seeing that come into fruition, seeing that in front of your very own eyes and seeing an hour-long queue outside this ground. An hour-long queue um, for women's cricket match? It's um, incredible. I mean, the same poor venue management <laughs> sticks around the country from Wormsley to Taunton in 2023. But, you know, it, it was inspiring. There's going to be so many young boys and girls in the crowd who, and older spectators as well whose perception of women's cricket has probably been changed forever and on that note phil it's time for the hall of fame what's your hall of fame moment from the game the most remarkable thing is as we've stood here and you won't be able to see this but if we look over there look what is written on that wall over there hall of fame we found the hall of fame we found the hall of fame do you think every single the final word hall of fame moment is written on that wall maybe within that that wall is there the hall of fame so let's give a let's give a shout to the hall of fame for the hall of fame i'm gonna be i'm gonna have to give a serious one i'm gonna have to go with a woman who who is in the hall of fame the all-time hall of fame nat siverbrun absolutely incredible to do what she's done over the last year and a half against any side would be incredible but to do it against this australian side this australian side which we were saying at point people have been saying it quite seriously this might be one of the greatest sporting teams of all time she's gone and hit four centuries in five games and the reason i'm giving it to her today because she scored the century and england have won there we go well i'm glad you went for a serious moment phil because i've gone for two rather similar moments Firstly, in the first over of the game, first over of the morning, yeah, it was. umpire Anna Harris falling on the ground, taking a tumble for no reason whatsoever, with the agility of an umpire beyond her years, probably just started the game off in, in the fashion we could have expected. It would be fun, it would be entertaining, there would be some giggles, there would be some falls. And along that line, right at the end of the game, when Nat Brunt was receiving her many trophies and awards, uh, she was almost wiped out by a seagull charging into her as she received her trophy. What an end to the series that would have been. Does that not just sum up, as I say, the fun we've had... We've had a great time, haven't we? Oh, what a series it's been. Absolutely fantastic. We were just saying in there, Nottingham, the first test. It literally seems like two minutes ago. And here we are, the lights have gone out. It's just, does it stop raining maybe? But what a series it has been. And I'm going to put, I'm going to admit it. When Australia went 6-0 up, I was thinking, are the Australians going to be the Invincibles? Are we looking at a 16-0? But wow. England. That was fantastic. So the Ashes series is drawn, but Australia retains the Ashes. They'll be taking them back on the plane to Australia. It's been a laugh. It's been brilliant. And well, I think from me, Adam Collins. And me, Jeff Lemon. That's all. Sorry if I ran out to empty this so you know what I meant. I had to go about it.